Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. If you have your Bible, turn it to 1 Kings, the 19th chapter. Today we're going to start a new series called Double Portion, and we're going to be looking at the life and story of Elisha. He was an ordinary man with an ordinary job, but God used him to do some extraordinary things, which really ministers to me because I understand that I'm very ordinary. How many of you can admit that you're very ordinary? Well, that's good news for you too then because God can use you to do extraordinary things. What God is looking for is people who are willing and available. Turn to the person next to you and say, you've got to be willing and you've got to be available. That's really all you need. If you are willing and you are available God can use you, and God used Elisha. As a matter of fact, Elisha did more recorded miracles in Scripture than any other person other than Jesus himself. But his story doesn't start with prominence and power. His story starts off in obscurity. And I want you to understand that where you are now is not indicative of where God is taking you. He can take you from where you are now, and in a moment turn it completely around. So stop judging your life based upon where it is now. Stop judging your marriage based upon where it is now. Stop judging your finances based upon where it is now because when you bring it to God and you place it in his hands, he can do what you can't do. And so there is a principle I want to pull out of 1 Kings, the 19th chapter that I believe will absolutely change your life if you take hold of it but there's the catch you have to take hold of it because when you hear this principle you're going to think okay that sounds simple and a lot of things that we go through in scripture sound very simple they sound very elementary yet we don't take them to heart and if you don't take it to heart it doesn't have the ability to produce and do anything for you so i encourage you this morning to lean in and allow the spirit of god to plant a seed in your life that will bring transformation, that will bring growth. Listen, what I desire as a pastor is to see you transformed. I desire to see you grow. I desire to see you fulfill the promises and the plans that God has for your life. And nothing hurts me more than to see somebody miss what God wants to do because they haven't grasped the principle. It's hard to see people struggle in life that could be blessed, but they simply don't listen. And so for whatever reason that is, whether it's familiarity, maybe some of you think like you know me too well. And so, oh, that's just arm up there. Get rid of that and and take this moment very seriously and allow God to deposit something in your heart. Amen. So first Kings, the 19th chapter, starting in verse 19, the Bible says, so he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat. Now, when it says he departed, it's talking about Elijah. Elijah was the prophet who preceded Elisha. And if you've ever been confused about which is which, who is who, there's two easy ways to figure it out. First is Elijah starts with, has a J in it. Elisha has an S in it. J comes before S. And so now you know who comes first. If you're wondering, okay, well, what was the prophet that they threw the person on the dead bones and he came back to life? Had to be Elisha. You know why? Because Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind. See, I just helped you so much. How many of you are like, I just didn't really care to know that information? The majority of you. 
So it says, so he, being Elijah, departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing. Somebody say he was plowing. With 12 yoke of oxen in front of him, and he was with the 12th, which means he was behind all of the oxen. And Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, hey, let me kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back, for what have I done to you? And he returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yoke of oxen. In other words, he took the plowing equipment and he used it for a fire to, to burn the meat. And then the Bible says he gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. So from this moment until Elijah is taken up into heaven by a whirlwind, Elisha becomes Elijah's servant. He does whatever the man needs. He goes and picks up his laundry. He scrambles his eggs the way he likes them. I mean, Elijah's a pretty interesting man when you read uh, about his story in Scripture. So you can imagine he probably had some interesting requests of Elisha, and Elisha was there to serve him. Somebody say he was there to serve him. him. Now go to Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, verse 1. I want to read this one verse, and then we'll dive into what we're going to talk about today. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, For everything. Somebody say everything. You could also say for everyone. So either for everything or for everyone would both fit in the context of this passage. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. I want, I want to read that again. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Heaven. It's important to understand that life operates within seasons and cycles. That's how God designed it. Winter, spring, summer, fall, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it continues to repeat. And there are specific things that happen within specific seasons for the purpose that God intends. So there is a time to plant a seed. There's a time for it to be buried. There's a time for it to be hidden. And then there's a time for that seed to spring forth and to blossom and to produce the fruit that God has desired for it. But there is a time and a season for every purpose. Somebody say there's a time and a season for every purpose. So when we look at our life, you have to understand before the foundations of the earth, God knew you by name and he had a purpose and a destiny for you, but there was a specific time for that to happen. Meaning you could not have been born in 1890. He had to to bring you into existence on the day you were born, At the moment you were born, the the hour down to the minute down to the second that you were born, he created you for that time and even desired for you to be born in the place that you were born. Are you following this? Because everything within God, he has design and order and structure to it. And so there's a purpose, but the purpose has a time and a season. Somebody say the purpose has a time and a season. If you don't understand this, you'll live frustrated. Because you'll feel like there's more for me. There's, there's more I'd like to do. There's more I would like to accomplish. I mean, if you have any sense of purpose in your life, you're always going to have that drive for more. And that's a, that's a healthy drive. 
But you also have to understand there is a season and a time and a purpose for that thing to spring forth. And if you don't, you actually abandon the seed before it has the ability to produce. I've seen people get frustrated in the season they're in and walk away from the season, not realizing God is using that season and that moment to produce what he ultimately wants you to produce. But since it doesn't look like the end result, you walk away. Are you following me so far? In other words, Elisha, before he was formed in his mother's womb, was called to be a prophet of God. He was called to do all of these extraordinary things. But when we find him in 1 Kings 19th chapter, he's not a prophet. He's not done one miracle. He's walking behind some oxen. And I don't know about you, but that doesn't seem like an ideal situation. Because how many of you know oxen don't have manners? They go when they want to go, where they want to go, and sometimes when you're behind them, you're going to walk through their mess. Are you following me? And sometimes that's what it's like. You're in a position in life that you feel like you're walking through mess and you don't understand it, but you need to know that that season is producing something in you so that you can get to where God ultimately wants you to be. God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you and he is so good he won't hand you something that you can't handle in that moment. You know, if you desire to bench press 300 pounds and you've never worked out, you don't just go to the gym and grab 300 pounds off the rack. It would crush you, right? So there's a process where you strengthen yourself. You build some endurance, and if you stay with it and you're faithful to it, you'll build up what you need to handle the weight that you've got to handle. So there are things that God has called you to that the weight of it would crush you if you're not ready for it, and so he prepares you for it because you can be the right person. Are you following me? You can be the right person in the right place, but if it's not the right time, it won't work. When I was, the moment I was born, March 14th, 1981, the moment I was born, God already knew that I would pastor Activation Church. He knew that we would plant this church. He knew that you would be here. But had I started this church at the wrong time, it would not have worked. I could be the right person. I could be at the right place. I could be at 221 Dabs Ridge Road. I could be at the right place. I could be in the right building. But if it's not the right time, it won't work because it has to be the right season. Somebody say it has to be the right season. My grandfather loved apple pie. And there was a lady in his church that, that knew that. So she decided, I'm going to make my pastor an apple pie. And so she made him this pie and she invited him to come over to her house. And, and she, she, she sliced the pie and she served it to him and she sat there and wanted to watch him eat the pie, which is a little bit creepy when you really think about it. Like if you're gonna give me some pie, you eat some too. I don't need you staring at me. But, but, <laughs> but the lady sits down and she's gonna watch my grandfather eat this pie. And he had these massive hands. And the way he held the fork, I, I can still see it in my mind. He's sitting at the table and he grabs the first bite of pie and as he slowly brings it towards his face, he gets the pie in his mouth, and the look of delight is turned to a look of disgust because the lady used salt instead of sugar. It was the right pie, it was just the wrong season. Seasons are important to understand, and you've got to understand that there is a purpose for every season. So I believe as, as followers of Christ, as sons of God, 
as daughters of God, we should pray like, God, what's your will for me? God, what is it that you desire for me to do? We should pray, God, give me a God-centered vision for my life. But we should also be praying, help me to understand the season that I'm currently in. Help me to understand what you're wanting to do in me because sometimes we get stuck in a season because we're not learning the lesson of that season. And we will stay in that season until we get what we need so that we can move into the next season that God has for us. So, so it's very important. Whatever season I'm in, God, I don't understand why I'm here. I don't even really like why I'm here. I don't like standing behind the oxen. I don't like walking in their poop. But show me what I need to know in this season so that you can move me into the place that you want me to be. I mean, I can imagine Elisha is probably, he probably has days where he's frustrated. He's, he's in the monotony of plowing the field with the oxen. He wakes up Monday morning, he plows the field, wakes up Tuesday, day in, day out, he's plowing the field. God, I know you've got something greater for me to do, but all I see is oxen rear. And I think if you could be honest, you can kind of see yourself in that, that story. I mean, you may not be behind oxen, but you've got a daily routine. You go to work, you raise your kids. And it's like, what's going on? And I want you to understand that it is in those moments of monotony that God will meet us and pull us into our purpose. He, he's, he's behind the oxen doing the mundane, but because he is faithful to do what he's doing in the season he is in, he's in the right place at the right time for Elijah to come by and throw his cloak on him. And as soon as the cloak hits him, the season changes. But what if he would not have been faithful with the oxen? What if he would have been like, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of doing, uh, working with oxen, I'd rather build a house. I'd rather be a, a brick builder, bricklayer, a brick mason. He would have been in the wrong place at the wrong time. He would have been the right guy but he would have missed his moment. So if I can discern the season that I'm in and I can be faithful in my season, it sets me up into moving into my next. That's really what I want to drive home today is faithfulness produces fruitfulness. Faithfulness produces fruitfulness. Sometimes you're in a season of your life that you don't fully understand, but if you can be faithful and thankful for where you are and learn what you need to learn, it will set you up for where God wants to take you. You see that all through scripture. You see David as a young boy going to the battle line, taking bread and cheese for his brothers. He had no idea that morning when he woke up that he was going to face the giant Goliath, which would set him up for his future to become king of Israel. He had no concept. All he knew was, my dad's asked me to take bread and cheese to my brothers, and I'm going to be faithful to do what he's asked me to do, and his faithfulness positioned him for his fruitfulness. If you look at Peter's story, he didn't start off as a great apostle. He was a fisherman, and he was faithful to do his job, so much so that the Bible says he stayed up all night fishing for fish. And even though he didn't catch anything, he kept on fishing. He was faithful, and because he was faithful, it put him in the right place at the right time for the right person to put, step into his boat to drag him into his next season. 
See, sometimes it's the thing that leads to the thing that leads to the thing that leads to the thing. And if I can be faithful where I am, then God can pull me into more. Jesus says, if you'll be faithful over the few things, faithful over the little, faithful over the things that you feel like are insignificant, then that actually sets you up to be a ruler over many, a ruler over much. But it happens when you're faithful where you are. So whatever season of life you are in, be faithful in that season. If you're single and you're ready to mingle but you haven't found anyone to mingle with, be faithful where you are. Become the person that God has called you to be where you are. Become a person of integrity now. Become the type of person that someone would want to spend the rest of their life with. Don't waste your season. Don't waste your moment. Be faithful where you are because within your faithfulness, it sets you up for your fruitfulness. If you're married, be faithful in your marriage. And I want to say this because when I was driving to church this morning, the thought hit me that faithfulness does not equal sticking around. Some of us think just because I'm sticking around, I'm being faithful in the season that I'm in. But faithfulness means you're gonna go all in in the season that you're in, that you're gonna give it your all. So within a married context, you need to pursue them like you pursued them before you got married. You need to want to please them like you wanted to please them before you got married. You need to respect them and honor them the way you respected and honored them before. Are you following this? Faithfulness means you go all in where you are. Elisha, he's being faithful in this season of plowing behind the oxen, and it sets him up so then Elijah comes by, he drops his cloak on him. Elisha immediately shifts from this season of where he was, steps into the new thing, and then what does he do? He takes the equipment, he takes his plowing equipment, and he burns it, meaning I'm going all in. I'm going all in. I'm going to follow after you, Elijah, with all of my heart. I'm not going to leave an opportunity for me to go back and plow tomorrow. My heart, my life is yours. You've got everything. I'm going to follow you completely. I'm going to faithfully follow you. Some of us have a difficult time getting into the next season because we're still holding on to the things from the past season. Let that sink in. God's trying to take us into the next season, the next chapter of our life, but we're so caught up with the past season, it's hard for him to move us forward. And that can be with bad things, that can be with negative things, that could be from things that, that, that we were doing in our past that we shouldn't be doing, that we still kind of feel has a grip on us and we're, you know, it could be that, but sometimes it's even good things. Like within a church, we can live where we used to be and remember the good old days and what God used to do and miss what he's wanting to do. See, God is continually moving. He's a progressive God. He's moving forward. And if we get stuck in the wrong season, we'll miss what he's wanting to do. We've got to be willing to move when he moves. We've got to be willing to change when he changes. He remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he himself does not change, but his seasons and what he does and how he does it a lot of times will shift and will change, and we've got to be willing to go with it or we'll miss where he... Are you seeing that? 
That's why you can drive by churches that are drying up. They're dying. They're falling apart. At one point in time, maybe they were thriving, but now they're not. It's because they got stuck in a season. Or there was something from a season that they got stuck in, and God wasn't able to take them into the new thing for their life. So I've got to be faithful where I am in the season that I'm in. I've got to learn from that season. I've got to stick with that season until God comes and pulls me into the next season. But once he pulls me into the next season, I can't look back. I can't live life with my eyes on the rearview mirror. I've got to move forward. That was one of the most frustrating things about my father's church is whenever we would try to move things forward and try to be productive, there was always people that were there from the past who wanted to pull it back. Well, we used to do it this way. We used to do it this way. You know, we used to have a choir. We used to wear robes. We used to, and all they're doing is limiting where God wanted to take them. Have you ever considered that the new thing that God has for you is far better than the thing you had in your past? So I've got to be faithful where I am, but there also has to be a plow-burning experience in my life so that I can move into the next season. What is it in your life that you've changed yourself to that needs to be burned. Could be a relationship, could be a substance, could be an attitude, could be a thought life. It could be a, multiple, a multiplicity of things that we attach ourselves to that binds us and hinders us from moving where God wants us to move. And I believe today that God can come and sever the cord and we can burn those plows so that we can step into our next season. Amen? Amen. But what's amazing is when he leaves the oxen and faithfully follows Elijah, he doesn't automatically become a prophet. He just moved into the next season. So you've got to learn to be faithful in every season. And he begins to serve Elijah. He begins to do whatever it is that Elijah needs him to do, which actually sets him up for where God wants to take him. You know, people will talk a lot about a double portion, and there are people who will go to, like, different revival meetings because if so-and-so lays his hands on me, I'm going to get a double portion. Have you, any of y'all Pentecostals ever heard anybody say that? It's not scriptural. You want to know how you get a double portion of what's on someone? You serve. Elisha got what he got from Elijah because he faithfully served Elijah to the point that when Elijah would say, you need to back off or you need to stay here, Elisha would say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right where you are. I'm going to faithfully serve you. I'm going to faithfully follow you because there's going to come a moment when you're taken up into heaven. When I see that, that's when I'm going to receive the anointing. That's when I'm going to receive the mantle. Faithfully serving where you are. That's a key. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is a key that will unlock the next season of your life. Being faithful in this season sets you up for the next season. But what happens is when we don't go from point A to point Z, or we're not where we think we should be, when we think we should be there, we get frustrated. But I got news for you. You don't get to determine the seasons or the times or the cycles of your life. You only get to determine whether or not you'll participate in the season that you're already in. So I've got to be comfortable with the process of God taking me from the oxen to serving the man of God. 
because there is something happening in every season and every stage. There's some stuff that Elisha needed to learn by watching Elijah. There's some stuff that Elisha needed to learn by spending time with Elijah that if he would have skipped that season of his life, he would have not been as effective as he was because he skipped the season. Sometimes we want to cut corners. We want to cut corners. We want the shortcut. We have the microwave mentality. We want what we want. We want it now. And God doesn't operate that way. God's not a microwave. God's a slow cooker. How many of you know things taste better in a slow cooker than they do in a microwave? I mean, you can eat, you can eat a pot roast in a microwave, I would imagine. I mean, I would guess if you put a pot roast in a microwave for three or four hours, it would cook. I don't know. I've never tried it. It would taste like garbage. But when you allow it the process of that slow cooker, when you allow it the time to marinate, when you allow it the time that it takes, that's when it tastes its best. Don't rush God with your life. He knows what he's doing. The Bible says that the same one that started something in your life will watch over it to bring it to completion. I've got to learn to trust God that I am where I am because this is where I need to be. And there's something in this season, there's something in this season that I can do that I need to do. I am where I am in this season because, are, are y'all catching that? Sometimes we get in such a rush that we miss what God's wanting to do here. We as Christians will pray, God, give me an opportunity to minister to someone, to help someone, let me be a light to my world. And then we go to work and we miss the opportunities that are passing us by because we're so frustrated where we are. We're so unhappy with the job that we have that we miss the opportunities that we come into contact with every day. But if I can learn to be thankful, God, I'm just thankful that I have a job. It's not the job of my dreams, but I'm thankful to have a job and I'm going to faithfully work hard and I'm going to come in with joy. I'm going to come in with the right attitude. Now when people come my way, I have an opportunity to minister to them. You never know. You never know, but we miss our moments because we get in such a rush of life. The other day, uh, we my wife and I and, and some other family members, we've been vacationing at uh, Lake Altoona, if you call that a vacation. I do. That's one of my happy places. But I've had to go back and forth, and I had a wedding Thursday night, a wedding rehearsal Thursday night, and then I had a wedding Friday. And so there are certain days that I was very limited about, uh, with the time that I could be on the water. And so uh, Friday, I had the wedding. My wife had some appointments that she had to do in the morning. And so there was a, a narrow window of time that we were going to be able to be on the water. And then things in her day started dragging out. You know, you know in my mind, she's at Target buying something. It's got to be, right? Like, we know the Amazon man by name now. <laughs> it's a great guy. He's coming over to Thanksgiving dinner. But, you know, I'm thinking, like, what in the world is keeping her up? You know, this is putting us behind schedule. And so then finally, when she does get home, I'm like, I only got this much time. I'm going to go. And then she's like, well, you take the kids with you. So I got the kids. And she's like, I'll meet you at this time, at this place. And then it comes time for her to be there at this time, at this place. And she's not, you know, and in the natural mind, you get frustrated because things aren't working out the way you want them to work out. Have you ever been there before? But when she gets to the lake, she tells me as she was heading down the hill, 
there was a golf cart that had flipped itself over on three kids and she was able to be there with them, to help them, to comfort them. Are you seeing this? But what if she would have been on time earlier that day? What if we would have gotten to the lake earlier that day? She would have missed that moment. So sometimes the things that frustrate you is actually God saying, you need to be here, dummy, because I'm going to use you in this moment. So don't get so frustrated with the season that you miss the moment. Be faithful and be aware. And when the moment comes, seize the moment. Seize the opportunity. Because when you seize the opportunity, it sets you up for the next season of your life. Some of you are where you are because you haven't seized the moments that you've already had. Things that you've been praying for have already come your way. You just missed it because you weren't paying attention. But when you faithfully serve in the season you're in, God will move you where you need to be. This is a sermon that I've lived. That's why I say if you can grasp this, it'll change your life because I've lived it. And I've preached sermons like this before to people that... that didn't take hold of it and decided they were going to jump seasons or move away from the season they're in and it breaks my heart because I know like if they would have stayed if they would have allowed God to just work his process I know where he would take them there are people that have been in this church that I saw had a pastoral gift on their life and I thought one day when the time's right and the season's right they're going to move into a pastoral position at our church. And they skip out before the season happens. They miss the moment. When I was a kid, I, at my dad's church, my first job was cleaning the church. Just as a kid, I would clean the toilets. I would clean the pews. We used to have, we have pews in churches. Anybody remember pews? Wooden backs. We had to use that, what's that lemon spray? Pledge have to pledge all the pews. That's a big task in a big sanctuary, pledging the pews, you know, cleaning up, vacuuming. But I faithfully did that. Every summer that I went to school, I faithfully did that. And then, then I got involved in children's ministry as a kid, and I would work puppets, and then I became ping pong the gorilla. It wasn't the thing that I was called to do or destined to do in my life, but it was the thing that led to the thing that leads to the thing that leads to the thing. You see what I'm saying? And I couldn't stand here unless I would have been faithful there because those things created within me the passion to work within children's ministry that led me into teaching a class as I got older, which led me into becoming the children's pastor, which led me to becoming the youth pastor, which led, are you seeing? And everything, as you look back, it all makes sense. But in the moment, it doesn't really make sense. I just, this silly guy dancing around in a gorilla costume. I'm thankful I'm not in that season anymore, but that season of my life was necessary to bring me to where I am now. Be faithful in the season that you're in. Don't rush it. Don't rush life. If you're single, enjoy the season of being single because once you get married and you have kids, it will change. And the things that you could do then, you won't be able to do now. Being, when you're single, is a great opportunity to like go all in serving God. Being involved in any time the doors are open, you're there. Because you've got the time. Well, Pastor, I'm just, I want to find, I want to find a man. I ain't got time to be at church. I want to find a man. I don't know what girl's talking that way. And if she does, (laughs) (laughs) 
You don't want to date her. You don't want to date her. Pastor, I just want to find a man. <laughs> You're not for me. Your Adam's apple is bigger than mine. Uh, Not yet. <laughs> but they, you know, I, I, I want to find a man, I want to find a man, I want to find a man. Not considering that that could be the thing that leads to the thing that leads to the thing that leads to the thing. Today, we didn't have a piano player. And we were missing one of our worship singers. Because they're at the hospital and they just had a baby. But if you rewind their story... John was a single man coming to the church, started getting involved. And his wife, Kristen, one Sunday, she visited the church. And her friend had already been attending the church. And Kristen just planned to come for that day. And as a joke, she signed her friend up to be a part of a small group. And her friend said, well, I'll go to the launch party if you come with me. So Kristen came to the launch party for small groups with her friend, and she ended up getting put into a group where she started meeting people. And they started developing friendships and relationships. And one of the people that Kristen met at that table was John. What if she would have missed that thing? See, it's easy for us to go, oh, it's just a small group. It doesn't matter if I join or not. But when you look back on it, you go, now I've got a baby with a man that I married because I met him in small group. That becomes a huge, are you seeing it? So hindsight's, that'll just say hindsight's twenty twenty. It's easy to look back and see. But what if you could right now, where you are, start seeing the season you're in as an important season. If you'll be faithful where you are and you'll be involved where you are and you'll serve where you are, then maybe the thing that you need, God is trying to bring into your life and he will. You never know what God is going to do. But he's way bigger than you can ever think or imagine. He's way bigger than your mind can comprehend. See, we see things as like, you know, Becky and I, we've gone to school all our life together. We don't go to school anymore. (laughs) But when we did go to school, we went to school together all our life. And we see things like that as, you know, well, maybe that's meaningless that I just went to school with someone. But you fast forward years. (laughs) And now you see we're involved in church together, in the kingdom of God together. I met Tommy. Raise your hand, Tommy. I met him when he was a wild, I don't know, you're probably 14 years old. He was, he was something. You think he's a handful now? You should have seen Tommy at 14. <laughs> I met Randy. Randy, raise your hand. He's our worship leader. I met him 12 years old. Ashley, raise your hand. I met her in high school. She's my wife now. Randy's wife, raise your hand. I met her in high school. Gavin's wife, raise your hand. I met her in high school. You seeing that? All these seasons of life, God was gathering people together that he wanted to be in a certain place at a certain time to do what he wanted us to do. You wouldn't know your husband if it wasn't for me. So, yeah, there's that. (laughs) 
But are you seeing that? Naomi, your family came from Puerto Rico. If you would have stayed in Puerto Rico, you wouldn't have met John. You wouldn't have started a family. You wouldn't be here today. You know, you know what I'm saying? But God has a way of orchestrating our life if we'll just be faithful and trust him. Even the painful moments of our life that we don't like, God uses to get us where we need to go. I always say that the, the, the stumbling blocks that the enemy tries to put in our way become the springboards of our life when our life's in the hand of God. What can God do for your life if you'll be faithful in the season that you're in? I want to pray for everybody who's watching online first and ask God to touch your heart in such a way that he begins to show you that where you are right now, it may not be where you want to be, but there is something you can learn in this season. There's something even from the pain that you're experiencing that you can learn. And maybe the pain that you're experiencing and the things that you're going through is something that you're learning so that you can help a future generation not walk through the things that you're walking through. See, it's all perspective. But I want you to see your season that you're in as something that God can use and be faithful in the season until he moves you into the next. And once he moves you into the next, go all in. But Father, I pray and ask that you would help them, encourage them, strengthen them. Lord, give us the ability to endure Give us the ability to discern the season that we're in so that we can accomplish what you've wanted us to accomplish. In Jesus' name, amen.